given online, ever what you want to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, we're on a series of lessons. Thanks, Carlos. We're on a series of lessons um, called A Man in Christ. We've been on this. This is our 15th week in a row, if you can believe it. Come on, 15 weeks we've been on this one subject. And we could just be on it for many, many, many more weeks. We'll wrap it up in a few more weeks, but we've got a, we've got a few more things that we need to cover. We've been talking about us being spirit, soul, and body. We talked about what happened in Adam, that actually Jesus Christ, when he came as the second Adam, he actually reversed. We talked about the power of sin and, and transgression and lawlessness and the sin nature that Jesus came to reverse in all of our lives. We talked about and found out that the Apostle Paul, he actually gave us that phrase, a man in Christ, from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, I knew a man in Christ, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, God knows. He was caught up to paradise. And in the third heaven, he heard things, he saw things, he experienced things. And so there's, a, there, there's the reality of a man or a woman, when you're born again, you are now in Christ, that you will hear things, you will see things, you will know things on the inside that are humanly impossible. God will begin showing you and telling you things to come. That is the person of the Holy Spirit now in your life through being born again by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. The blood of Jesus, we found out, doesn't only just cover our sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ. He completely removes our sin and he removes the stain of sin in our life. Uh, there's a friend of ours that, um, or maybe you've seen the, the, um, uh, some of these things, these memes or some of these things, uh, you know, Instagram. I'll, I'll get scroll. Anybody scroll on Instagram beside me? Come on. We got one, two honest people in the room. Okay. Praise the Lord. All right. You're on Facebook or you're scrolling, whatever. And, and, and there was a person that went to a zoo. And, and it was, excuse me, it was like the wild animal park. And so they're driving around the wild animal park and they had their window down. And, and, and the, the, the animal, I don't know what it was. It was a camel. It was a llama. It was something with a longer neck. And they had some food, some popcorn in there. And, and the animal got in there and began eating their, eat, eat, you know, come on, eating their stuff. And, 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 and then when they came out, that, that, that animal actually kind of... And it, and, that, and it went all over the side of that person and, and then down on the dash and, and around. And how many of you know that when there's an, something like that go, goes on, there's going to be a smell? Come on, somebody. There's going to be an odor. And there's going to be a stink that would probably stay in the car for a very, very long time. But, but, but listen to me. The, the sin stained us. Sin caused us to stink, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he doesn't only remove the sin, he removes the stink. Come on, everybody. He removes that, 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 that smell, that constant, that constant thing like, well, this is who I am, and this is what I did, and I can't be right with God. And No, 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 because of the blood of Jesus Christ, because now we're a man or a woman in Christ. Come on, we know that scripture. All things are passed away. Come on, help me, church. All things have become new. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things passed away. All things have become new. Last week, so what we'll do is we'll just tag where we were last week. and We'll just continue on with this series. Last week, we found a great, great scripture. If you were with us from Romans chapter 5, verse 17, look at it there with me. This starts us off where we want to kick off again today. Reminds you of this great, great scripture. This needs to be a paramount scripture in your and my heart, not only today, but for every day. This tells us that if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. We know this by studying weeks and weeks ago that Paul is saying this one man's offense is the first man, Adam. 
that there was an offense that that man brought to the earth. He disobeyed God, and that sin nature was passed down to every single man. The Scripture says, by one man's offense, death reigned through that one. Spiritual death, separation between Adam and God now has passed down to every man. But now it says much more, much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one through Jesus Christ. Can somebody say, thank God for that? Come on, thank God for that. So, so we have the sin nature that passed down to every single one of us. You didn't ask for it. You didn't believe for it. You didn't pray for it. You didn't want it. But because you're born in the earth, you and I are born with a sin nature in need of a Savior. Need of a Savior. The only way that we could be right with God was because Jesus then came and became man. He was 100% man and 100% God. The scripture says he laid aside his deity and he put on manhood. He put on flesh and, and, flesh and bones just like us, flesh and blood just like us. And he lived a spotless, a sinless, a holy, a pure, a righteous life. Man, a man needed to redeem man to bring us back to God the Father. And thank God Jesus Christ did it. Amen, everybody? So how am I going to reign? I don't know about you, but I'm really interested in reigning in life. I'm really interested in winning in life. I'm really interested to know how I can reign over the effects of the curse in the fallen world. I want to know how I can, how I can win against, uh, against struggles or, or quote-unquote curses that I've seen passed down through generations. I, I, I want to know how I can get the devil off my back. I want to know how I can... You know, stop the DVD from playing in my mind that, that wicked thing, that, that, that crazy thing. I want to know how I can make a difference in my life and I can be the person, the man God wants me to be, the woman God wants you to be, ever what fits. He tells us right here, here are these two ingredients. You got to know about them and you got to know about them more and more and more. He says you're going to reign in life. You're going to get life by the tail. It doesn't mean it's always going to be rosy. It doesn't mean there's not going to be some valleys you go through. It doesn't mean that there's never going to be anybody coming against you. On the contrary, but you can reign in life through the abundance of grace. Come on, everybody. And the gift of righteousness, glory to God, that's been given to you freely because of Jesus Christ. Man, freely because of Jesus Christ. These two ingredients will allow you to win in life, reign in life, dominate in life, just like we see God gave to Adam in the book of Genesis. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over every single thing you encounter. Adam, tag, you're it. You are in charge of this earth I've created. Church, Tag, you are it. Now you are in control over the control and the elements that God's placed you under. Your life, your mind, your body. Come on. Your, your will, your thought, your ambition, your motive. Anything that's trying to come against you inside, in your mind, from the outside. You and I can win and reign over it. Through the abundance of grace and understanding the gift of righteousness. Think the gift of righteousness. Come on, the gift of righteousness. What do you do with the gift? You receive the gift. You open the gift. You use the gift. You understand about the gift. This is something we must continually have un 
unending revelation and then unending application in every single situation that we're faced in life. Can you say amen? So by reminder, just by way of reminder from last week, just look on the screen, a couple of thoughts for us, that grace is God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It's unmerited. You can't work enough hours for it. You can't know enough Bible books. You can't know enough scriptures. It is a free gift. The word grace actually means a gift. It's charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. It's a free gift. You didn't do anything to earn it. God just says, I got you. I'm spotting this for you. I'm giving you my grace. I'm giving you unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor. My favor, my heart, my loving kindness, my my, my devotion, my my eyes are always on you. I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. I want to bless you. I want you to fulfill every desire that I placed inside your heart. All grace is available to all believers at all times. Come on, somebody say amen. Someone said that grace is God's power in me to do what his will demands of me. God's power in me, his power in me to do what his will demands of me. So I see in the scripture and I go, how am I going to do it? How am I going to love my enemies? How, how am I going to, how can I have peace in the middle of the storm? You don't know my storm. I was talking to some friends yesterday after a bike ride and they're going kind of through it. Uh, they, they've, got, they've got some teenagers and, and, and then a younger daughter who's almost teen. So they've got pretty much three teens and, they're, and a, you know, a couple of girls and a boy and bodies are changing and social structures are changing and school's hard and, 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 and all kinds of athletics are hard and all kinds of things going on and, and, and the kids are, are, are they, you know, their, their testosterone and their estrogen is all out of whack. Come on, teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. And, and they're trying to fit in and there's probably a little bullying going on and, and, and they're bringing it in the home and the dad's, he's stressed because his work is just crazy and mom's got a crazy schedule, they're educators and all kinds of things like that are going on. And, and so, so guess what I did? I said, I said, well, I got an answer for you. Philippians chapter four, verse six, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Talk to God about it. And if you do that, here's what's going to happen. Verse seven, the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to guard your heart and your mind. Come on, everybody. Come on. Know what that's called? Know what that's called? Grace. God just gives it to you. Listen, but you got to know how to apply it. You got to know what do I do that now I've got this abundance of grace that God just gives me peace. God gives me joy. God gives me loving kindness. God gives me his favor. I've got to have application. Come on. I've got to put the rubber to the road when, when, when the push is on in my life and it's coming every single day. So this grace is unearned. Come on, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. But then he says, you got to know about righteousness. you got to know about righteousness. So righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without the sense of sin, shame, guilt, or inferiority. So, so do you come to God? Do, do, do you come to God and you go, hey, Father, it's me in the morning. I'm just so glad I'm your child. And you know what? I'm so glad I belong with you. Or do you come going, I can't come to God. God won't hear me when I pray. You need to, you won't reign in your life if you do not know about 
righteousness. I belong here. I've got rights here. I'm your child. I'm not demanding anything. I'm not commanding you, but I'm just saying you love me. You've called me. You, we'll talk about this. You've you got a plan for my life. And so I, I, I need to know about the righteousness that you've given to me freely because you want me to draw near to you and understand you and understand the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God for my life. You care for me. You, you provide for me. You, you protect me. It, is that your understanding of who God is? Or is there some kind of, as we'll talk about maybe in weeks ahead, about you're fearful of God. Oh, your thought of God is, is God from the Old Testament, mean, not meaning that he's changed, but your picture of God is God on the mountain with Moses and, and the fire and the lightning and all the people going, Moses, you go up there. I ain't going up there. If I go up there, we'll, we'll, we'll get burned. We'll be like a French fried potato. Come on. But God wanted everybody to come up there. Come on, God, God had a plan for everybody. That's what, that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted. And God wants you to draw near to him. And so, so you're going to have to know about grace. You've got to know about the gift of righteousness. Now, now, again, in the Bible times, when Paul uses this word grace, as I mentioned a moment ago, the word actually means a gift. And in Bible times, a gift was given, listen to me, a gift was given with the intention and the expectation of a returned gift, of a returned gift. So there's so many countries on the world today that you got to be careful if you go somewhere and somebody gives you something, they're expecting you to give them something in return. It's reciprocity. And so when it comes to this grace gift, listen, this is where it gets a little tricky for some people, is that, listen, the gift of grace is given with the expectation of reciprocity or response. Here's where it gets tricky. For Paul, this grace, listen, is unconditioned, but not unconditional. It is unconditioned. It is given freely, listen to me, but not freely for us to do nothing with it. It's given freely with the expectation you are going to use the grace, you are going to use the gift of righteousness to be who God wants you to be. Come on, somebody. It's not given on the basis of your worth, not given on the basis of your worth, not given on the basis of who you think you were or who you were in the world or, or your, your past life. It's given on the basis strictly of who Jesus Christ is, and he gives us his grace. He gives us this unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor, and he gives us this gift of right standing with him that now I can come before you and my mind is telling me, Gary, you don't belong here. Gary, do you know what you did yesterday? Gary, do you know what you thought on the way to church? And you have the audacity to stand and think that God's going to welcome you? Yes, I do. Because my standing isn't based on Gary in the flesh. My standing is based on Gary who is now a man in Christ. Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what we found, and we unhooked here last week, we found that grace was given so you would do something. Listen, not just be something. Grace was given so that you would do something, not just be forgiven, 
But now you would be a forgiver to other people. Not just so that you would be, uh, have peace with God, but now you'd be a dispenser of peace with your spouse and with your kids and at the workplace. Now that you've received the the goodness of God, the grace of the goodness of God, you're going to be good to that Chick-fil-A worker who who put the wrong thing in your bag. Come on, anybody ever been to the restaurant? Anybody ever been somewhere and you went crazy or been in a group of people and they went crazy on somebody and then you knew the server was actually a Christian and what they're thinking about everybody? That happens in Oklahoma a lot when I was in Bible school. Because everybody's a Christian there. And so, so listen to me. You, you, you got, you, the, the grace that's given to you isn't just so, 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 that, so, that, so that you would, you, it would be just about you. It's about now what God wants to do through you. So how, how, do, I, how do I do this? Here's where I want to go for the rest of our time together. You know, 26 minutes or whatever we got now. If grace is given, here's a question. I was thinking this past week, okay? How do we make it, come on, put cookies on the bottom shelf. Everybody can get a cookie. How, how, do we, how, how do we make this so practical that when we leave today, we just all get it? We just all get it. And so here's the question. If grace is working in me, if righteousness is a free gift and it's working in me, how do I get it working out of me? How do, if this is in me, if this is what Christ gave me when I said yes to him, he gave me his grace, he gave me his righteousness, he gave me a lot of different things, but specifically these two, and I'm going to win in life. i got to know about these. i got to know about these two things if I'm going to reign in life. How do I get it working out of me? And so what I'm about to share will work for grace and righteousness, listen to me, but it's going to work in every single every area of your life that we read in the scripture. Here it is. Come on. Here it is. Y'all ready? Come on, you got something to write down? You got a snapshot? Going to take a screenshot? Philippians 6. Philippians only got one, excuse me, Philemon. Philemon 6. Philemon's only got one chapter. Verse 6. Here's what Philemon, Paul writes to Philemon. He says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in our identification with Christ Jesus. The sharing of your faith is going to become effectual. It's going to become effective by you acknowledging, acknowledging every good thing that's in you in your identification with Christ Jesus. Several weeks ago, we talked about identification. We talked about identical. We talked about identity. All those words that mean the same thing. So now I'm no longer identifying with my flesh or with my old life. I'm identifying with Jesus. I'm identifying with the resurrection. I'm identifying with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm identifying with the finished work at the cross. Now, to acknowledge something, look at that scripture. To acknowledge something means you know it's there. I acknowledge just means I have have an understanding. It's actually there. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. What's it tell us to acknowledge? Acknowledge every good thing that's in you in your identification with Christ. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Because listen to me, your life and my life, the attention of our life is demanding that I try to acknowledge everything that's not working. I feel a pain in my body. Whatever, that's, that is working in me. I feel something, something comes to my mind. Fear comes to my mind. And I acknowledge it. That's working in me. 
I see something crazy on TV, and I think something for my kids. That's working in me. The scripture says you have to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in your identification with Christ Jesus if you desire to win in life and reign in life. Well, that's going to demand you and I read the word of God that we're proponents of and finding out what God's already said. So he says, acknowledge every good thing that's yours in your identification with Christ Jesus. So he's telling you and I, don't identify your old life. Don't identify the sin. Don't identify the struggle. Don't identify the trauma. Don't identify the neglect. Don't identify with the loss. Identify with everything now that's yours in Christ Jesus. I need to acknowledge that God's word and God's power has the ability to reverse anything that's coming against me. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that you've caused me and my body to walk in divine health. That you took my sickness, that you took my disease on the cross, and by your stripes I am healed. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that you'll give me peace that passes all my understanding. So right now, because of grace and the gift of righteousness, I thank you for peace in my life. I speak peace to every storm in my mind. Peace to every relationship. I am going to walk in peace. I'm going to acknowledge every good thing that's in me since I am identified with Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, that all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. All the promises of God. Come on. Anybody love the promises of God? Come on. All the promises of God are what? Yes, and amen. Notice that, to the glory of God. But then look at those last two words, through us. God wants to do something through you. God wants his word working through you, that the promises of God, that you'll be able to say yes and amen to the promises of God. Listen, if you can find a promise, you can know his will. It's always the same. If I find a promise, it's got nothing to do with what I'm feeling right now, got nothing to do with my life experience right now. I'm in Christ. I'm, I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I've said yes to him. He said yes to me. He saved me. He healed me. He delivered me. He's prospered me. The promises of God is for me. If I can find a promise, I can know his will. It is the same every single day, every single decade, every single, it makes no difference if I'm a man or a woman, young or old, no how long I've been in it, you know, serving God or not serving God, if I can find a promise, I can hang my hat on it, and I can say, your grace is available for me in this area. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to wait for your plan to unfold in this area of my life. Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah. So the scripture says that in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, giving thanks to God. Come on, giving thanks to the Father who qualified us to be partakers. Notice the word, partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. You have an inheritance. You have an inheritance, a spiritual inheritance, that now you have been given access to be a partaker of. 
Now, you must partake of it if you're going to rule and reign in life. You can't not know about it. You've got to know about it. You've been given exceeding great. Come on, that scripture, 2 Peter 1, 4, we read last week. By which have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. It says that through these, through these what? Through these exceeding great and precious promises that we become, come on, we become partakers of the divine nature. How am I going to get out what he's worked in me. How can I be a partaker of the divine nature? How can I have the strength like Daniel getting thrown in the lion's den? Or the, 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 the three Hebrew children saying, we ain't bowing, we ain't burning. I want some of that. How can I have the boldness like Peter to stand up and declare? Come on, how can, how, I want to take the scriptures and I just don't want to read about them like there's some kind of fiction or whatever. I, I want it working in my life. Here's how. Here's how. You partake of your inheritance through knowing the word, believing the word, standing on the word of God, listen to me, and speaking the word of God. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, we're partakers of the divine nature. If there is corruption in any area working in your life, corruption in your mind, corruption in your body, corruption in your relationships, corruption in any area of your life, the scripture says, come on, he's given us an ounce. That I can know exceeding great and precious promises that have been given to me. That I can partake of the divine nature and I can escape all the corruption. I can escape all the junk. I can escape the flow of culture in my life. And I can be everything that God wants me to be. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? Can I get a better amen in the house of the Lord? I can escape the corruption in the world. Had some uncles. My mom was, was raised in Connecticut. And um, uh, so we used to hang out there when we lived in, in New Jersey for five years. And about every six weeks, we'd drive two hours, two and a half hours, and go hang out in Connecticut uh, with them, with my cousins, and, you know, had a great, great time. But both my uncles had boats, and they lived on the Pawcatuck River, right across from Westerly, Rhode Island. And we would go out to, uh, go out to Atlantic Ocean. It's just the river, Pawcatuck River takes you out. And so we'd go fishing out there, had a great, great time. Cool, you know, memories growing up. Well, both my uncles had boats. I didn't know anything about boating. But uh, um, if you're in salt water, there, there's, there's always stuff that wants to attach to a boat, to the hull of a boat. And there are barnacles. I don't know where these barnacles come. They just float in the water, and all of a sudden they find themselves at the bottom of anything or, you know, a pier. You've seen that. And they just, over the, over the time, they'll just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So my uncles, every single year, uh, 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 when it came to the wintertime, they had to take their boat out of the water because, of course, the, 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 the river would actually start to almost freeze. It would, it would, it was, you could ice skate on it. And they would take the boats out, take them to the barn, and, and they would regularly just, you know, clean off all the barnacles. And listen to me, the corruption of the world, the barnacles of life, they're always out here. And if you do not, every single day, do what the scripture says, wash your mind with the word of God. There is going to be barnacles of sin, of crazy stuff, crazy thoughts, aggression, and, uh, and I'm against these parts, racism, and, uh, and, and negativity, 
and, and, and bitterness and anger and hate and frustration. And pretty soon, your boat that's supposed to be flying over the things of life, ruling and reigning, dominating life, all of a sudden you're sunk down by demonic barnacles and you're not being able to be the, the kind of person God wants you to be. So you got to take your life up every day and you got to scrape those barnacles off. How, how, come on, somebody. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you escape the corruption? God gives you exceeding great and precious promises that by these you can escape the corruptions in the world through lust. He gives you exceeding great and precious promises. He gives you the grace, unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. And he gives you the ability of righteousness, stand in the presence of God without the sense of sin, shame, guilt, inferiority. When I come to him on a Sunday morning, whether you realize it or not, listen to me, whether you realize it or not, when you come to church, you're dead. Church service is a soapy Joe's. You just don't know it because we don't hose you down. But you're getting hosed down spiritually. That when you leave, you kind of go, whew, I'm a little bit lighter. That, that thing's no longer, come on, everybody. And we can experience that every single day. A cleansing, a renewal, our minds to be renewed day by day, right? So Paul writes to Philemon, and he says, he says you need to acknowledge every good thing that's in you and your identification with Christ. You, you need to acknowledge it. Listen to me. We don't just acknowledge it nodding, going, yeah. We acknowledge it. Listen to me. The way you acknowledge isn't just by knowing. The way you acknowledge is also by saying it's yours. I say this is mine. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Scripture tells me in Proverbs. That's what it tells me. The word of the wise brings health and healing. That's what the Scripture tells me. Jesus said, I can have what I say is it's lined up with the scripture. Mark chapter 11 tells me that. Tells me that. So James writes that your tongue, your tongue can speak blessing. Your tongue can speak cursing. Your tongue can speak bitterness. Your tongue can speak glorious things. You've been given the choice to acknowledge whatever you want to acknowledge. Just like God gave Adam the choice to name all the animals. And whatever he named them, they was called that. So whatever you call, whatever you're dealing with, so be it. So my challenge to you would be you would let all grace abound towards you. All unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. And whether you think you earned it or not, you haven't. It's been given to you free. And for you then to line up your conversation and you begin lining up your mind and you acknowledge this is who you said I am. I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. Come on, somebody. I'm called by God. Come on, I'm anointed by God. I'm going to be the man and the woman you want me to be. Come on, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you access, listen, you access God's blessing, God's kingdom realm, where all power, all glory, all authority are by believing and by speaking. 
You believe the word and then you speak the word. Come on, it's how we're born again. We believe in our heart and we say, I believe God raised Jesus from the dead. I repent, I change my mind, I'm changing my direction, and a supernatural spiritual transaction happens. My spirit that was based in Adam was dead, separated from God, becomes filled with the life of God. Come on, the salvation of God, the deliverance of God. So now God is alive in me. Come on, somebody. He's a, I acknowledge you're alive in me. I acknowledge your life is in my mind. Your life is in my body. Your life is in my spirit. I, I acknowledge that your peace is mine, that your love is mine, your joy is mine, your long-suffering is mine. I acknowledge I'm a kind man now because the power of God's at work in me. Come on, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody on earth, listen, somebody on earth has got to believe what God said. And they got to say it. You got to believe what God said. It's not just believing it, but it's believing it, and you got to say it. You, you just don't get it by believing it, the scripture says. You, the, the scripture says, do you realize James 3 says the demons even believe who God is? They believe. They ain't getting born again. They believe it. So believing is powerful, but believing is not enough. You got to acknowledge it, you got to know about it, and you got to be bold enough to say it. Come on, everybody. That's why Hebrews 4 says, come on, we'll wrap up right now. Come on, help us, team. S Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Come on. Let us hold fast to what? Come on, help me out. Let us hold fast to our what? Come on, say it with me. Come on, come on, read it out loud with me, church. Come on, one, two, three, read. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Here's what we do. Let us hold fast our confession. Let us, us, hold fast our confession. The word confession means to say the same thing. Let us hold fast saying the same thing. We acknowledge we've got a great high priest that's passed through the heavens. Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. The one who defeated sin, Satan, the flesh, hell for me. The one who rose victorious on the third day. As we found out from Ephesians chapter 2. The one who made me alive together in Christ. The one who raised me up together in Christ. The one who now seated me and you together in Christ. The one who's ruling and reigning. And so now I'm on the earth, but I'm also there. I'm in two places. My place of authority isn't just on the earth. My place of authority comes from heaven. That now I can rule and reign over my flesh, over my past, over sin, over, over aggression of the world, over confusion and crazy culture. I don't have to submit to it. I can reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. But i got to do more than just believe it. i got to say it. I got to say it. So like I said a moment ago, I want to make it as practical as I can because I've been doing this for decades, about four decades almost now. Taking the Word of God and reading it out loud and making declarations over my own life. Is that all right? So, so let's just look at Ephesians chapter 1 in closing. 
because it's so rich. It's a rich book. And let's show you how practical this is. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. Who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So based on the scripture, open up your mouth, say it after me, I am blessed. Come on, one more time. I'm blessed. Ever felt like you're cursed? Can't be. Can't be. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Every promise, every promise, I now have the ability to partake of it because he has blessed me. So say it tomorrow when you wake up. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Keep reading. Verse 4. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Ever feel like you've not been chosen? <laughs> Ever feel like you're the odd man out, odd girl out? No, he chose me. So come on, say it with me. I'm chosen by God. I'm chosen by God. Come on, God chose me. God chose me. God couldn't have picked anybody. He picked me. Come on, he picked me. He, picked, he chose me. He chose me when? He chose me before I showed up. Showed me, chose me when? Before the foundation of the world. Before Adam, before the flood, before creation, he chose me. Woo. So I get up in the morning, I just say, thank you, Lord, that you chose me. That gives me great, great worth. He chose me. Thank you for picking me. I remember as a little kid, I don't know about you, but you know, playing kickball. There was a little kid in New Jersey. You know, he stand against, and he got the, he got the baseball diamond, and got the, you know, the, the metal wire fence, you know. And you stand against one side, and they choose kids. And I was this little teeny, skinny, scrawny, little, no bone, looked like a chicken leg, little. I still got chicken legs, but you know, there I was, come on. And so, the, you know, come on, they, they choose the big captain, the big girl, the big guy, you come on. And they get picking kids, and, and I was all, listen, I'm telling you, I was always last. I was last. Little teeny kid, you know, haircut kind of slanted, you know, just eh, little freckles, you know, you know. Nobody wanted me. That's all right. When I got born again, I found out he chose me. Come on, he chose me. Come on, he chose me. Yeah. Come on, verse 5. It gets better. Come on, just come on, read the word. Right? So we want you to read the word. Come on, verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons or daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He predestined us. Come on, you've been pre-designed to be with God. He predestined you according to the good pleasure of his will. He's adopted you. He's adopted you to his family. You have a family now. You're in the family of God. Verse 6 says that he made us accepted in the beloved. I'm accepted by you. You accepted me. Me and my sin, me and my shame, me and my guilt, me and my old lifestyle. And I said yes to you and I'm by far not perfect. Make mistakes every single day. But you still said you accepted me tells us in verse 7 in him I have a redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins I, 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 I've received redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ I am redeemed my my future 
with you, Father, is secured. I'm never not going to be with you. I'm always going to be with you. I'm redeemed now, and I'll be redeemed forever for eternity. So I acknowledge it, and I say it. I say it. He tells us in verse 11 that we've obtained an inheritance we've been talking about all morning. So I just, I walk around the house in the morning. Thank you for my inheritance. Thank you for my inheritance. I acknowledge my inheritance as a son. I, I don't want to be like that pro, the, the, the prodigal son. Well, the prodigal son took what, what, took what the father had, probably took more than he's supposed to have, and went out and went crazy with it. But, but I don't want to be like the old son. I don't want to be like the older brother at the house. And he's all complaining because the, the prodigal son came back, and, and, and he doesn't even know, he doesn't even think about his dad right. He said, Dad, Dad what, Dad, what are you doing? You, you killed the fatted calf. He said, you wouldn't even give me a little goat. You know what the dad says? Hey, 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 hey. Everything I have is yours. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I want everything that's mine. I want everything that's mine. My inheritance, I want it. Whatever, belongs, whatever you did for me, Jesus, and your death, burial, and resurrection, I want it. I'm greedy for that. I want your love. I want your peace. I want your joy. I want, I want your provision. I, I, I want to know you more and more. I want your grace abounding in me more and more for me and for other people. We've obtained an inheritance. And then he tells us, ending just we'll unhook here in verse 13, that we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You've been sealed. Sealed. Listen to me. Sealed, never removed. You, you, you're never going to be out of the connection and the stamp in the Old Testament when they were going to sign documents. You've seen on some movies they would, they would pour wax and the king would have a signet ring and sealed. It would be sealed. You've been sealed in your life, listen to me, by the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. All over the room. Come on, stand up. Would you do it? All over the room. Come on, let's just lift our hands for a moment. Let's just lift our hands. We acknowledge you, Lord God. We acknowledge you. Now come on, all over the room. Don't just acknowledge him. What do you need to say about your inheritance? Come on, what do you need to say? What do you need? Where do you need God to show up right now? Lord, thank you that you're my peace. Thank you that you're my forgiver. Thank you that you're my provider. Come on, thank you. Come on, do you need him to be a healer this morning? Come on, just thank him that he's your healer right now. Come on, thank, come on just thank him that he's your way maker this morning. You're making a way for me. You're making a way. Come on, you're making a river in the desert. You're, you're bringing mountains down, Lord God. You're raising valleys up. I don't know how you're going to do it, but, but Lord God, I'm praising you before I see it. I, I'm going to wait for your plan to unfold. I, I, we're going to see you, Lord. Come on, we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You're my Redeemer. You're my God. You're my Father. You chose me. You blessed me. You called me. You loved me. You redeemed me. Come on, let them hear you this morning all over the room. We honor you, Lord God, and we just say thank you, Lord God. You're good and you do good. We offer up our praise to you, oh God, right now. We thank you that you're making a way where there seems to be no way, oh God. You're going before us and behind us and you place your hand of blessing on our head. Oh, Father God, right now, we thank you for the goodness of God. We thank you for the favor of God. Come on, church. We thank you for the favor of God right now. It's working for us. It's working in us. It's working around us. We're going to see it, oh God. We're going to see the hand of God. We're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to see the provision of God. We're going to see, Lord God, your grace and your mercy to help us in a time of need. Yeah, come on, church. We honor you, Lord God. 
We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We glorify you. Come on. Come on. Sing with me this morning. He is in Thank you, Lord. You're good. You're good. You're good, Lord. Reigning over You're reigning over all. You're reigning over all, Lord God. He is powerful. All powerful. So of God is working in our lives. Come on, say that with me. The Word of God, the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God is working in my life. Lord God, you're setting our feet to be strong. You said that you give us feet that could climb on mountains and handle difficulty and adverse situations and circumstance. We receive grace we receive the gift of righteousness we receive abundance of grace to help us in time of need every situation that we encounter every challenge this week there's a way god you're going to make a way god's 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 going to make a way come on god's going to make a way god's making a way right now come on he's making a way right now He's making a way right now. Yeah, he's making a way right now. Making a way right now. He's making a way. He's making a way. Father, we love you. We just thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Come on. While your head's bowed, your eyes closed, come on, no one looking around. Give everyone the right to privacy. If you're here today or you're online, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you've been in church, but you've just come back. Maybe you've, you've been in the world and you've been under the culture. You've been under the sway of the world. You've been under the corruption, but you've just made a decision.